Good evening and welcome back to episode number 29 of Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopeck coming to you live from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company located here in Pittman, New Jersey as we do each and every week. Dr. Frey, how are you making out? I'm doing great, Jason. Your your week started off uh, a little differently than it usually does, right? Uh, it did. Pretty exciting, yeah. right? Like I, I want to thank the uh, folks at WIP and Angelo Cataldi Show for uh, having me on on uh, Monday morning. Uh, it was pretty exciting. And then uh, uh, most exciting, I thought, was uh, I really want to thank Rhea Hughes for mentioning the podcast, for mentioning Sports Medicine on Tap. Pretty cool stuff. For, I think for, for two guys like you and I who are not media people, right. um, you know, we have our own set of skills. And, you know, this was a venture we've taken on. But it feels like a small win when, when someone like Rhea Hughes gives us a shout out. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting, right? I, I think at the beginning when we were doing this, there was um, a certain level of anxiety with each show. Like you yeah. just, it was, it's inevitable, right? right? Like it was brand new. But I think we've reached a, some level of comfort in just kind of talking and going through it. And you know, when we have each one of our guests on, I think that they feel a little bit of that anxiety. And then I don't know why, it's not really different at all. All of a sudden I was gonna be on the radio show and that level of anxiety yep. kicked back in. Yep. And I go back and I listen to um, the, the recording of, of, of my spot there. And I do, I feel like I was speaking a little bit quickly. I feel mm -hmm. like I can hear the anxiety in my yeah. voice. Yeah, I mean, we've come a long way in, in 29 episodes. I, I even remember look, look, looking back, 29. listening back to those ones, you know, it was, you, you know, you, you plop two microphones in, in front of healthcare workers and right. suddenly it's like a whole new ball game. Totally, you yeah, know? I have a whole new respect for the people that do this. Yeah. Also some other interesting news, right? Like mm -hmm. some potential exciting stuff going on yeah. for uh, sports medicine on tap. Filming. We're still in the works, we'll see where this goes, but um, there's the possibility that we're working on a half price, happy hour for anybody who comes down to Neck of the Woods Brewery to come pick up some drinks during the recording of the show. Yeah, another big uh, step for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so some details to be worked out there yet, so, so more to come on that one. Mm -hmm. And what are, you, what are you going with tonight? I'm, I'm doing a new beer, the, the Chupta, and it's fantastic, just like all their other ones. My first beer tonight here was uh, the German chocolate cake barrel aged porter mm -hmm. with nitro, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, you know, it came on it came on tap here, I'm going to guess a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. And I think I mentioned it once previously in the show. And I got to tell you, since, since, since I tried it that first show, that first, when it first came on tap here, I've had it every single week that we've been back. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but now now I've gotten through that and I'm sipping on a brand new one. Uh, it's my first time trying. It's, a, it's another one of the sours, which, which of course, you know, that the neck of the woods mm -hmm. is uh, known for. And it's a, the Neapolitan. It's a, a really interesting beer. Very, very kind of chocolatey at the same time, a little bit um, vanilla, mm -hmm. I, I guess. Hence Neapolitan, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's all over the place, yeah. but it's pretty good. Neck of the woods, right? Located 614 Lambs Road, Pittman, New Jersey inside the beautiful Total Turf Complex, right. South Jersey's premier sports and entertainment complex. And this place has really picked up too, yeah. Total Turf. I don't know if it's daylight savings time. Uh, you know, it's darker out earlier, but uh, you know, we walked back here, the basketball courts are filled. They right. got some indoor soccer going, field hockey. Maybe it has something to do with the time change. Kids sure. are outside less, but I mean, this place is booming tonight. Good night in the brewery, yep. And good night in the, in the facility. Right. So we're, we're going to get into tonight's topic, right? We're Derrick Henry. Yeah. And it, it was something, you know, maybe we could have touched on last week. It was yeah. definitely the big injury from the week. Sure. But uh, Derrick Henry, as we know, the, the NFL's leading rusher. 
Um, yeah. In fact, even missed last week and still holds a 150-yard edge over Jonathan Ridiculous, Taylor for right? uh, first and second place. And by the way, kudos to Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. Pretty good running back. Yeah. I did not expect him to have this kind of a season. And Jonathan Taylor from Salem, New Jersey, right down the road here. I did not know that. Yeah, literally right down, uh, maybe about 20, 30 minutes south of Pittman, but uh, right. a South Jersey guy himself. But de definitely a devastating blow to not only uh, Tennessee Titan fans, Every fantasy, fantasy, fo owner. fantasy yeah, football fans, and just NFL in general. Um, to okay. lose a guy, you know, of his of his stature, just an exciting player. I mean, watching him stiff arm grown men and just tossing them aside like like rag dolls. You know, never what kind gets of old. blows my mind here. He did not start right away. Like, mm. there was like two, three, yeah. maybe four years there where yeah. he was like the second guy. Yeah. He got some time, right. but he wasn't. And then once he got his chance, look out. Like, like how did they not yeah. see this sooner? Eh, you know, and, and I know uh, a good friend of mine, um, you know, former NFL player mm -hmm. and, and now works for the NFL, loves fantasy football himself. And yeah. he swears he takes Derrick Henry as early as he can get yeah. because he always says he's like, no one wants to try to tackle that man come November, right. December, when it's cold. Yeah. He's like, suddenly, it's just a whole new thing for him, too. So when he exploded on the scene, whatever it was, two, three years ago, and I, and I use that loosely because he's, he was a really good player right. all along, but he finally got his chance. He had one season where he finally you know, started playing. In the last like four or five games, he lit it up. Mm -hmm. And the next season, I was I had the foresight. Like uh, yeah. I, I drafted him, and I got like a super stud player. You know, a little bit later. Yeah. But now there's another guy in my league, one of my buddies, a guy mm -hmm. Rob Grega, and um, he does like that same same strategy. Yeah. He takes uh, Derek okay. Henry every yep. every year. Yeah. So he gets injured in week eight. Uh, it was Halloween against mm -hmm. the Indianapolis Colts, and we don't know exactly when he gets hurt. Right. In a lot of our other episodes, we 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 watched a clip of the injury. We can review it a little bit. Right. Look at the mechanism. We know at some point during the first quarter, he's seen on the sidelines with his shoe off. He's being evaluated. He's, he's limping around, yeah. putting some weight on it. But he comes back to the game right. and finishes the game, ends up playing 74% of the snaps, which is right around his average as it is. Amazing. But that's really all we know at that point. He finishes the game. Monday, we find out that there's a big concern. Mike Vrabel comes out. He, you know, he's getting an MRI. They fear yeah. he could be lost for the season. We still don't really know. We do know now a Jones fracture is what yep. has been diagnosed. Mike Vrabel says six to 10 weeks, but let's dive into it. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start with the fact that he finished the game. I mean, that's impressive, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it hurts when it happens. Mm -hmm. It's painful. It's not horror, like horribly painful. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and I think at that point, you're like, uh, sprained my ankle. Yeah. Right. And there's a little bit of confusion there. It's not too far away from the ankle. Right. Usually, um, the injury occurs in a very similar mechanism. You kind of tweak the ankle. The mm -hmm. ankle's probably hurting a little bit too yeah. at the same time that, yeah. it, that it happens. And, you know, he's probably playing with pain mm -hmm. and it speaks to, you know, his, his commitment to mm -hmm. the to the game. And um, But at the same time, you know, after the game, he's still hurting. It's not quite right. Yeah. They do the exam. They start poking around his, his ankle and his foot. And all of a sudden, he's tender in all the wrong places. Yeah. And then that, that, that's a worrisome sign. Let's talk about that sideline where, where we know he was seen limping around. Yeah. What was that evaluation like? Was that presenting like it possibly could have been an ankle sprain? I would imagine so. I yeah. mean, possible. Yeah. You know, and, right? and, and frequently, they happen in conjunction, yeah. right? Um, they, have, they happen at the same time. And I don't know how extensively they evaluated it or if he kind of brushed him off. Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I just tweaked my ankle and yeah. kept wanting to play. 
But, you know, one of the big differences there is that, you know, ankle sprain hurts around the ankle. Mm -hmm. There's a few specific ligaments, and we had gone through it in a previous show. Um, one in particular, your ATFL, which tends to be the, the major culprit in an ankle sprain, and you push right over that, and it's tender. Mm -hmm. um, but with this, you push over the outside border of the foot, that bone on the outside border of the foot, and it's super tender right over that spot, and that, that's an ominous sign. We always talk about inside the locker room, there's the availability to get x-rays, which is nice. Yeah. Is a Jones fracture picked up immediately in an x-ray? Almost every time. Every time. Yeah. Kind of surprising then that he finished that game. If they would have known that was fractured, yeah. would he have been allowed to finish that game? Or maybe x-rays weren't taken yeah. until after the game? I'm guessing x-rays weren't done until after the yeah. game. He was probably just assumed He never was went to the locker room. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of dealt with it and played yeah. through it and whatnot. And, and, and it's possible for it to be missed. You know, yeah. you could have very occult, subtle fractures mm. like this where it's not displaced at all and, and, and you can miss it on an x-ray. Uh, however, my gut in this particular situation is that it's a heat of the moment, he's mm -hmm. in the game, they think it's an, an ankle sprain, he's just kind of limping around, he's kind of brushing everything off mm -hmm. and uh, he plays through it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's a tough dude and whatnot. I think, and he, I think he finished the game with like 28 rushing attempts. Right. You know, right. which if, if it happened it's in the first a low number for him, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you had to figure if he, if it happened in the first quarter, let's say, right, he finished the game with twenty rushes after that. It's incredible. You, you know. Yeah. 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 So the X-rays gets taken afterwards. They mm -hmm. realize there's a fracture. Right. He leaves in a boot. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Of, yeah. And it, actually, if they assuming they see the fracture on mm -hmm. X-ray, not only in a boot but likely also on crutches. On crutches. Yeah, yeah. For this particular one, and we'll get into some of the subtleties of this that there, there, there are different types of fractures along this particular bone, mm -hmm. and they're actually treated very differently. You know, if they were able to figure out that this is a Jones fracture, so, you know, a zone two fracture mm -hmm. for this type of fracture uh, along this bone, then then in that scenario, um, you're gonna make them non-weight bearing right from the get-go. What was the importance of the MRI then? Did, did we know Jones fracture yeah. Sunday night, or yeah. did we need the MRI Monday morning to determine Jones fracture? I gotta fracture? tell you, I was a little surprised, because yeah. typically it's, it's not part of the equation. I think that with these guys, essentially every injury also gets an MRI. Yeah. That's not that's not real world application. Yeah. And honestly, that's it's excessive. Like yeah. for a Jones fracture, provided you were able to see it, provided it was you know displaced and 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 you can you can see it on the on the X-ray, you really don't need an MRI. You don't need additional yeah. information. Maybe maybe it was this occult like super fine lucency mm -hmm. and um and in that scenario. So. Two very different treatments. If it's in what we call the watershed area, zone two, mm -hmm. which is what uh, qualifies it as a Jones fracture, and an elite athlete, and we'll get into more details, yeah. um, you're typically going to do a surgery on that. Yeah. You're going to fix that, right? If it's a little more proximal, a little, little towards, more towards the heel of the foot, then that's zone one. Mm -hmm. And those ones tend to heal pretty well, mm -hmm. and it's a totally different treatment algorithm. Mm -hmm. so, so maybe you could sort of see the line, you try to figure out, is this zone one, is this zone two, is it Jones or Pseudo-Jones? Yeah. And, and so may, maybe there's a, a reason for an MRI there, but you know, nine times out of 10, mm -hmm. there's no role for an MRI for this particular injury. Well, let's get more into the foot then. Okay. You know, most of the people at this point in, in this conversation, all we really said is there's a foot fracture. Right. So where is that fracture specifically? All right. So so always a little bit difficult to explain, but I'll do my best. So, you know, you kind of break the foot up into into a few different zones, uh, the, the hind foot, the midfoot, the forefoot. Um, and so, so this would be considered... Um, part of the forefoot, the metatarsals. So if you're looking at your hand as, as a relative foot equivalent, 
the metacarpals in your hand, which would be the equivalent to the metatarsals in your foot, um, are basically the bones that go from the bottom of your finger and then connect to your wrist. Mm -hmm. So there's, uh, you have you know, a few long bones that stretch that distance. So this is, happens to be the fifth metatarsal. So it's the one way on the outside at the, you know, the lateral border, the outside border of the foot, underneath the, the, mm -hmm. the pinky toe, the baby toe on the yeah. outside there. We group it base of the fifth metatarsal mm -hmm. fractures. Mm -hmm. And there are really you know, three, three groupings that go into that. Zone one, zone two, zone three. And they're very, very different fractures. Zone ones are the ones that are really at the bottom, really, really way, way, way bottom, what we call at the proximal most extent. And um, those ones, for number one, you have two tendons that attach there. You have your, your Pyrenees brevis and you have uh, you know, the, the lateral slip of the plantar fascia that attaches there. Mm -hmm. Despite that, surprisingly, those ones heal really well, mm -hmm. right? So, so lots of times you see that fracture that's way, way proximal. Um, and unless it's something extraordinary, it's flipped around, it's tending to skin, whatnot, nine times out of 10, um, put them in a boot. Mm -hmm. As soon as you can put them in a boot, put them in a brace, put them, whatever it is going to be. And as soon as you're able to, to walk on it, you're allowed to put weight on it. Mm -hmm. And they heal pretty predictably, six mm -hmm. to eight weeks. Sometimes they don't heal. Sometimes you get what's called a fibrous union. So you get basically scar tissue across the fracture. And if that happens and it doesn't heal, those people tend to do just fine anyway, right? Like um, they may hurt. They may hurt really up for up to six months where it aches and bothers them. They have recurrent twinges here and there, but really in the end, they do just fine. So, so it's rare that they get, then we call that a pseudo Jones fracture. Then there is um, just beyond that, just distal to that, really there's a small area where the fifth metatarsal, that fifth long bone mm -hmm. in the foot, um, basically forms a joint with the with the metatarsal next to it, the fourth metatarsal, and that area is what we call a, a watershed area, where the blood supply to that area is not great, um, and that's that's where the Jones fracture happens. And the big issue here with the Jones fracture is healing is not predictable. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a non-union rate of about thirty percent, and so. For the average individual, you and I, typically we try to treat that non-operatively and um, without surgery, put them in a boot, but now you're not allowed to walk on it. You're non-weight bearing for six to eight weeks, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't always heal, doesn't always work. Sometimes you go through that six weeks, eight weeks, and then it turns into 10 weeks and it's still not healed. And you got a real issue here, right? Like you've w wasted all this time, you've burnt all this time, and now you still need a surgery to fix it because unlike the pseudo-Jones, yeah where if it doesn't heal, you still do fine, this continues to be a problem. So then you wind up going down a surgical pathway. Yeah. With very limited information at this point, mm -hmm. uh, just Mike Vrabel come out and said they're anticipating six to 10 weeks. Right. Is that gainsmanship on his part? Is it optimistic hope? Yeah. Or does that give us an indication of which zone this fracture was in? Yeah. We it have no doesn't. Idea. We it have doesn't, no idea, yeah, right? I mean, it doesn't like, give us an indication. Yeah. What gives us an indication is whether or not he had surgery. Right. Right. And has he at this point? You know, the truth is, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he has. Um, so if he hasn't had, I, I would be a little bit surprised. It is possible that he yeah. hasn't had surgery. So traditional teaching or traditional uh, philosophy here on Zone Two, Jones fracture, which is my understanding, this is a Jones fracture, yeah. is that in an elite athlete, which I'm pretty sure you can qualify yeah. Derek Henry yeah. as an elite athlete, um, you operate on them right away because right. because of the risk, right? Yeah. The, the real driving force here is that 30% of the ones who don't get surgery go on to a non-union, right? 
and it's 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 close to it's, it's mid 90s or high 90s um, will actually heal yeah. if you do the surgery. And what you don't want is this guy that you really need to get him back for yeah. for the playoffs. What you don't want is go through six weeks, eight weeks, right. ten weeks of treatment, and then have to do the surgery at that yeah. point. And if one out of three might have to go down that road, typically elite athlete gets surgery right off the bat. Right. Just avoid it altogether. Yeah. Uh, just avoid it altogether. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just do the surgery. What does the surgery entail? What, what, what is the overall like goal of the surgery? Are we just bringing that fracture? Are we like unionizing yeah. it? Yeah. So, so technically, there's two ways to go about doing the surgery, and there are a few additional things that you can do within the surgery. Not to get too in the weeds here, and it could get really, really like if I haven't gotten boring enough already about <laughs> it, um, I could get way more boring if we start talking about the basic science. But bone heals in compression. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the key here. PZO, low electric potentials uh, um, uh, are created and that, that um, when, when, you, when bone is under compression, bone responds to compression by creating what's fracture callus mm -hmm. and it heals. Bone will also frequently heal with a good su blood supply, mm -hmm. just naturally, yep. but not always. So what you're doing with the surgery is stabilizing the fracture, getting compression across the fracture site and inducing a healing response. And now also during the surgery, frequently you'll add, you know, sometimes, you know, you get great compression, sometimes you don't do anything else. And it yeah. does, it works. It's, it's in the high 90s in terms of percentage of healing. But I would imagine if he does go down a surgical pathway, they're also going to do something called bone marrow aspirate concentrate, mm -hmm. um, which is essentially, you know, mesenchymal cells, mesenchymal cells, which are, you know, uh, which are stem cells. When you're thinking about stem yeah. cells, so you can draw some, uh, some, some, BMAC out of the pelvis, you inject it at the fracture site as well to sort of jumpstart and induce the healing process. Some people even go as far as actually making an incision over the pelvis, taking bone graft mm -hmm. and packing that in around the fracture site as well. Everything you can do to sort of increase the rates of possibility of healing. If it didn't go surgical, mm -hmm. what would you expect him to be doing? This is essentially just, we need the bone to heal. Yep. How can we speed that up without surgical intervention? You know, I think there's a reasonable chance that they do that, that BMAC injection anyway. With, without surgery, yeah. Without the surgery. Mm -hmm. um, lots of times you can either be in a boot or a well-molded well mm -hmm. cast. Yeah. Typically, we're going to make this person non-weight-bearing. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually four to six weeks of not putting any weight on it. Um, you're going to want to start to see some healing, some fracture callus, and, and you also want to be pain-free once you do let them start putting some weight on it. So it's usually four to six weeks. So you're really on reserve or on yeah. hold until that point in time. There's not a whole lot to do. Just wear the cast and stay off of it. And a lot of the conversations we had with our physical therapist uh, that we've had one in the past is when you immobilize for that long, yep. you, you got to start regaining strength in the, the hip, knee, you know, the whole chain of, of events exactly there. That's right. You know? Yeah. And that just adds on some weeks uh, of recovery time at the back end of it. Right, right. And, and then even so let's say that fracture is healed. Um, he's not having any pain. Um, he's going through some of the workouts to get his strength. Mm -hmm. That's not happening overnight. Right. right now, whether it dramatically impacts someone like Derrick Henry when he gets back on the field, I guess remains to be seen. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, no, they're not going to be absolutely 100%. There's still a little bit of uh, ground to make it. Yeah. And, and his recovery time that's been laid out there of six to ten weeks, mm -hmm. you know, puts us at maybe at the very best week 14 or possibly week 18 which now exists in the nfl last game crazy of, you know last game in the nfl or last week in the nfl season right 
they're obviously in playoff contention. For sure. Probably playoff now. Would you suspect this would be more towards the back end? Or I guess we see how the next six weeks go, yeah. whether they're, they fall off the, the map there and are fighting for a playoff spot. Right. Uh, but it definitely changes the dynamics for the Titans at this point, whether he's in there or not. Absolutely changes the dynamics. Yeah. I don't think you can replace a player like him. Yeah. Um, well, they did sign Adrian Peterson. Yeah, who, you know, phenomenal in his heyday. Yeah, 10 years ago. Ten, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and now hopefully can hold on the fort, right? And they have they have other players. They have a good defense. Uh, Tannehill's a good quarterback. Yeah. They have some good receivers. Uh, and they're, they're out to, you know, a really good start. I presume and they're also they're also part of the south the afc south yeah. and i think they're the dominant team yeah. so so they have a little bit of leeway there right so i, I think the assumption is that they will probably make the playoffs mm -hmm. and um really can make a whole lot of noise right. like a very tough team so i think the goal here is try to get try to get derrick henry back and try to get him back for the playoffs and we don't know if he went the surgical route or not but right. you know what are your thoughts then do you see so, him back I would be surprised if he didn't go the surgical yeah. route, um, is the honest answer. Uh, not So again, it, 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 I, I actually question this myself sometimes, yeah. right? Because like, like, what is it that makes an elite athlete so special that they get to have surgery over this or they deserve surgery when the average person doesn't? So, you know, you can look at it from either direction. But the truth is, with an elite athlete, with all of that, all of that money and time on the line, the tendency is to err towards uh, surgery. You know, there are a few risks with the surgery. It's not a completely benign surgery. Right. One of the risks is that, you know, typically you're putting a, a, a screw across the fracture site. Sometimes that screw can perforate or puncture through the bone a little further down. There is a bend to that bone. So it's a, there's a little bit of an art there, um, getting the, the exactly right size screw and the right thickness screw to really get good compression across the fracture site. Sometimes there's a few nerve end, nerves that go across right across there, uh, the sural nerve. And sometimes you can pick off some of the endings of the, mm -hmm. of the sural nerve and, and it causes pain. It's not horrible, but it, it can be a, a source of pain. Yeah. The screw itself, the implant that's usually used to fix this, can be a little bit prominent. The head of the screw can cause some issues. Typically, the recommendation here is um, if you do it in an athlete, leave the screw in to the end of the athlete's mm -hmm. career. Don't take it right. out. Um, and then at the end of the if it is causing problems, once their career is over, then take it out. Um, so it's not a completely benign surgery, which is why I guess we don't rush into it right away. Mm -hmm. But really, I think the idea here is to avoid the possibility of going through the treatment, mm -hmm. not healing, fairly high, one third, right? Yeah. And then needing surgery in the end anyway. So you, your guess would be Derek Henry has either had surgery or will be getting surgery here yeah. soon. My guess is he's had surgery. He had surgery on Tuesday. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for confirming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I would be surprised I, yeah. if it went another one. Right. And so uh, th that streamlines his timeline of yeah. right to six to six to ten weeks. So right. So I think six weeks is the best case scenario. <laughs> right. Like that is the minimum amount of yeah. time. Minimum amount of time you get back after this right. surgery. Honestly, I, I'd be a little be a little bit surprised at six weeks. So yeah. you have the surgery. Right? It it hastens the overall timeline. Instead of being non-weight bearing four to six weeks, typically you're non-weight bearing one to three weeks. Right. Then you start putting some weight on it. Around week number three, week number four, you're already beginning to do some of your exercises and ready to do some of your strengthening. And frequently by week number six, you see fracture callus on the x-ray. And frequently um, there, are signs, there are signs of healing and the pain is mm -hmm. gone. And, and theoretically that's when you can get back. I think in Derrick Henry's case, mm -hmm. 
because it's Derrick Henry. Maybe he doesn't get back at week six after the surgery. Maybe it's week seven or maybe it's week eight because he has so much on the line. Yeah, and we've been down this road and it almost makes me want to ask you, Does are these NFL guys, can you even group them in that same classification? Because they're, they just don't seem to be normal people. It's true. You know, they're just extraordinary athletes. Yeah. And I think, you know, let's let's jump in here now with uh, Russell Wilson, right? right. We, we had Dr. Jennings on yeah. four weeks ago and he's like, there's no way he gets back within four weeks. Based on the information Based that on the had. information that we yeah. had. And, yeah. and Dr. Jennings is absolutely right. All right. But as news reports, Russell Wilson should be activated Clear. for a week 10. Shocking. And yeah, I guess not the only activate. He's been medically cleared. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, sometimes these guys yeah. just defy biology. Right. They defy right. logic kind of a thing. Two, another factor here could be the fact that, um, and actually I was talking with, with Dr. Jennings once, once that news broke yeah. yesterday, and we were both like stunned. Yeah. And, um, you know, they may be making some compromises here, yeah. right? So, so maybe they're they're ignoring the mallet finger portion of this equation, mm -hmm. and going to just deal with that part of it after the season. season. Yeah, and and so so we you know we don't know the whole story. Right. We don't know all the details. We do the best we can with the information that we have, but that's shocking. Yeah. He's not supposed to be ready yet. So yeah. so you know, do I think Derrick Henry's going to be back in six weeks? I think it's possible. My gut yeah. is that it probably yeah. won't be. Well, like I said, a lot of it's going to have to do with how the Titans progress over these next six right. or plus more weeks. Right. Is if they start if they lock up the AFC South yeah. in week fifteen, then yeah. there's no reason to rush him back. Right. If they've locked up a first round bye, or yeah. you know, if like hey, they're they're locked into the two seed, they're not getting a bye, they know they're going to be the two seed. Right. Why not sit them to that playoff game? Or you know. Yeah, you know, and, and so one of the big risks, not big risks, but one of the risks with the surgery is to come back too soon. Right. Refracture, hardware yeah. failure, yeah. it's things that can go wrong. Right. And so, so, you know, even if it means, you know, like, right, they, they have a, you know, two seed versus four seed on the line, um, but we're not 100% sure. I think they err on the side of caution, caution on this one. Yeah. You know, if he truly, truly has pain-free activity, he's running, he's not having any issues at week number six. You could see fracture callus, it looks healed. Maybe they get follow-up higher level imaging. And also, you know, again, this is Derrick Henry, this is the NFL, I'm sure they did the BMAC injection or bone graft, probably the BMAC injection. I'm sure they add, there's some things that you can actually add to this fracture that may potentially improve the healing. There's something called extracorporeal shockwave therapy there are uh, something called a bone growth stimulator, things that you can put on there that use either ultrasound and sort of pound the fracture site um, with ultrasound, or they um, they can use basically uh, electromagnetic currents to try to jumpstart the healing process. And you know, I'm sure Derek Henry is having the entire everything, including the kitchen sink, thrown at him to get this to get this healed. So you know, maybe he is back at that six week mark. If I'm guessing, if I'm venturing a guess, uh, I'm, uh, I'm predicting seven weeks from the time of the surgery, maybe even eight weeks from the time of the surgery. From a fantasy football standpoint, let's stick with the running backs, right? We, you know, we've been talking about Derrick Henry. Yeah. On the last week, we concluded when we had Greg Burke on just this long list of running backs and right. uh, that have been seemingly... It's been impossible to keep him healthy, and that trend continued this past week. Well, the whole reason we didn't do Derrick Henry last week is because right. we had the opportunity to get uh, Greg Burke on. It was yeah. the end of the baseball season. We wanted to take full advantage right. of it. But, yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean no, to No, interrupt. yeah, no, that, that, yeah. that trend definitely continued. Chase Edmonds with the Arizona Cardinals. Right. 
out. You tell me, he diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. We yeah. had an episode all together, LeBron James. Yeah. Four to six weeks, maybe longer. I think it's longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, number one, they have James Conner, right? Yeah. Not a bad running back. Awesome mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. Um, great story. If former, for those of you that Former Steeler. Former Steeler. <laughs> former uh, Pitt Panther. Yeah. F- cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just, just a great story for mm-hmm. those of you. And by every account... Um, really like a great guy. People love him in the locker room and whatnot. Like just a really good guy, um, and a good running back uh, yep. to boot. So, so right. someone who can really fill the void while Chase Edmonds is out. Um, but yeah, so typically my take on those high ankle sprains are four, four weeks. Best case scenario, yep. probably unlikely. Probably more like six weeks, maybe eight weeks. I hate to say, sometimes twelve weeks. I'm going to venture a guess, eight weeks. Zach Moss for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how we made it to episode 29 where we haven't discussed concussions but we've been right. we've been just kind of skating that topic yeah. right now yeah um Zach, we'll bring in some one of our specialists to talk about it at some point because it seems that, to be week a, it, can, week out. it could be any week that right. we just do because that's always relevant for sure zach moss diagnosed with a concussion yeah it's a very easy answer when is he back i don't know it's <laughs> yeah. the easy answer yeah, yeah. so so Devil's in the details. They're, yeah. they're complete pro- total protocols mm-hmm. for this. You know, it's a traumatic brain injury on a, on a very, very low level, but it is a traumatic brain injury, right? And, you know, people don't, are not allowed back in the same day. You know, wait 24, 48 hours. Um, there, there are stages that you have to go through and really you're supposed to wait, you know, 24 hours in between each one of the stages and you advance. If you can perform each stage or complete each stage symptomatically, you can try to advance. And some of these guys are back the next week, so we could be back next week. Sometimes... It's longer than that. Yeah. Sometimes they're not progressing. The symptoms hang around. They just can't get past it. And, and you know, sometimes it's it's heck of a lot longer. Yeah. So the, the, the honest answer is I, I have no idea. You just got to wait yeah. and see. Yeah. And then let's let's finish up with my Eagles. Darius Slay, hamstring issue. Right. Um, exited the game, did not return. Yeah. Tough loss against the Chargers. They got beat by a better team. There's no question about it. But but they were right there, man. They were right there. We're the hanging in there. The opportunity to win. The Eagles are showing signs of progress, which right. I guess is you know as best we could hope for right, right now. Um, again, hamstring issues. We covered them in detail. We did. Uh, James Harden, I believe. That's right. Uh, and you know, truthfully, these are all kind of similar, right? Trout's calf injury, all these mm-hmm. soft tissue things hard to predict as well they, they play out fairly similarly difficult yeah. to predict this was uh one of the questions on the on the wip spot uh mm-hmm. on monday morning and you know it, one of the questions was that you know like, he had come back in the game and tried to play yeah. a little bit during the game how can you do that and, yeah. and the truth is sometimes it's a tweak it's one of these more yeah. mild type of injuries um actually i just saw a patient today who had a what we would call a uh a proximal hamstring and the complete three tendon avulsion that's yeah. retracted uh, three and a half uh, centimeters, a much, a much bigger injury, right? In, in, in this scenario, pulled off a piece of bone. That person's not getting back in a week. Right. I don't care what kind of an athlete you are and whatnot. That's going down. It's a totally different treatment. Typically, the recommendation there is a surgical pathway. Um, so the devil's in the details here. I say, I say that, I make that statement over and over again. Um, I don't know just how bad the injury was for Darius Lane. It's possible he's back next week. Mm-hmm. It's possible this um, next few weeks. It's possible one of these nagging injuries and can't quite get back all year. I'll go out on the limb and say I, I very rarely make my own prediction, mm-hmm. but the fact that that game was so close, mm-hmm. it was right. I mean, they were in the game till the very end. If only the defense could have made a stop. Right, and he wasn't. <laughs> and in they there. almost did. And they almost did. Yeah. They almost did. They actually, you know, it could have been like a forty-ish yard field goal, but right. they gave up that big run to Eckler yeah, at right. the end. But I, I mean, the fact that Darius wasn't out there, yeah. 
makes me think that you, you know if this was something they were down 38 to 10 yeah which, you know it's like hey uh let's let's cut our losses here let's not make this worse we sure. get you back from next week right but he wasn't out there and right. to me that makes me think we might not see him for a week or two yeah you know uh, one i think that there would have been more news if this was proximal hamstring sure i think we yeah. hear about the possibility of him going to surgery or whatnot yeah. um um or, so, so my gut is that this is not a proximal. Yeah. My gut is this is muscular tendinous right. junction, um, which is the most common type, or maybe even muscle belly. But uh, and, and my gut is that you're probably correct. Yeah. Probably a two weeker. Yeah. No, nothing like nothing long term, but yeah. he didn't come back into that game for a reason. Yeah. And I bet we see him miss a game. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. But it could be longer. We'll right. see. Kind of right. Time. Well, what do you think? I think it's going to wrap things up for tonight. I think so. Man. All right, before we go ahead and close out our tab, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics with our eight locations and focused on new approach, the Energy Lab, South Jersey's premier sports performance destination. As we mentioned earlier, Neck of the Woods Brewing Company for hosting us each and every week. If you guys are listening and haven't been down here, you got to stop down and try out the beers. And our good friends at Timber Real Productions, Joe Warner, our on-site producer, Kyle Miller, our editor, like us on uh, Facebook, find us on Instagram, and don't forget about our email, sportsmedontap at gmail.com. Uh, we'd be happy to field your emails, listen to questions, things that you guys want to have more topic of conversations about. Yeah. Guide the content. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.